everyone, welcome again to another episode of Working Title. I'm Patricia, oh Patricia, who am I? <laughs> Isha, Isha Johansson. <laughs> and I'm here with Vic Ferrada. Hello everyone, how are you? <laughs> A rhetorical <laughs> question, obviously. Um, and today we're going to be talking about Ryan Gosling. I'm so excited. I am very excited too. Yeah, this episode is for the people. And when I mean the people, it's literally everyone because I think everyone loves that man. Um, but yeah, yeah, to start off the episode, uh, we're kind of going to go through his career and then we'll take some deep dives into uh, three movies. So listen along if you want to know which ones. Um, but yeah, so uh, can I start, Isha? Yeah, of course. Okay. So Ryan Gosling is a Canadian actor. He got his start at the Mickey Club, uh, where he was with Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, and Christina Aguilera. Uh, which already is such an element of pop culture that all of these really famous people came out of there. But so he did that when he was like 12, 13, I believe. Um, and then he had some like roles and some like shows, but nothing major. And what I found so interesting, because I didn't remember his career like that, is that he got his first big role, his big lead and The Believer in 2001, uh, which was an indie film. And he did a couple of indie films uh, here and there, got really acclaimed for like his acting, like from The Believer and on, everyone was talking about like how talented he was. Um, and it's not until The Notebook that we get this like big superstar moment of Ryan Gosling, like, who is he? He's such a cutie, da-da-da. Um, and I think that's when he went into the mainstream. And then there was a year where he got, like, a bunch of movies out, which was, like, the year of Drive, uh, I believe, if I'm not wrong. Can like you... 2011 or something? Yeah, I think it was, like, the era of, like, crazy stupid love yeah and yeah. like all of these movies came out the same year um he also did like idols of march um most recently he did la la land but i think throughout his career the interesting thing is he's one of those actors that's has done like both a lot of independent film and like big uh, chunky big budget hollywood movies um without losing sight of either so i think that's very interesting yeah yeah i completely agree i kind of also went into my little research on his career but and i was wondering like because the notebook was kind of his breakout breakout role into the mainstream mm -hmm. i was like what did he do before and was kind of under the impression that it was like super indie and everything but actually yeah like he was in the mickey mouse club like that already introduces you to so such a kind of like hollywoodian la mm -hmm. like mainstream world um but also like when he because i mean that still is quite like tv not very serious in that sense but his first films even if they were if he wasn't like the lead it was like with Denzel Washington and Sandra Bullock so 
from like the very beginning when he starts making like actual films he's working with a lot of like big names um so i feel like it's quite impressive to see how people like still really connect with him and i feel like when you think about um what why do some movie stars become movie stars and like i kind of feel like it's people who are like very talented but then also seem like down to earth and even though he's had this kind of very like child star career um he somehow still connects with people but and i think like also something that distinguishes him uh from other actors and something that was quite clever in his career is that after the notebook he goes like he probably has like a million propositions you know to like star in different movies and he still like sticks to like half nelson lars and the real girl all good things blue valentine which are all like very kind of romantic dramas but are still very indie go to festivals and everything and then like you said like 2011 it's like crazy how since that year till now all he does are like big films like crazy stupid love hit gangster squad hit drive hit the nice guys the big short la la land blade runner and then now barbie is like he's like in he's in such big movies um and I actually think that you were saying how like he still he hasn't ever like lost sight of what what he's doing, and I gotta say that I feel like he's in a tricky road right now where he's done like from Blade Runner, which is still quite like a science fiction, but you know it's Denis Villeneuve and it's like you still have that very um, kind of epic uh, interpretation of a very cool novel. Um, but now he's done like he's going to the gray man and this kind of very hero netflix yeah. productions and i'm a bit scared i i get it but i think the problem now is like he obviously can't go back to do like sundance type of movies right like festival runs because anything with his name i think will become big budget right like it's just automatic just if they want to get his fee probably it has to be big um i think for me what's interesting is that although he's going for bigger roles there seems like i feel like he's the type of actor that will read the script beforehand and you know understand the references and like look up the director and whatever because i yeah he's done the great man and whatever but I think mostly his films, that's why he still gets respected by film bros, but by my mom, by us, by everyone. Because, you know, he chooses really good roles. Like, he has had a very smart career. Like, I don't think anyone doubts that he's a good actor. That was never up for debate. Um, and everyone is yeah. kind of excited to see what he does next. And Ken was just like, it's at the same time the most commercial role, because it's Ken, it's a doll, but it's as an actor, it's such a fantastical role and like a huge task. Um, for sure, yeah, especially like also in a like it's not just Ken in like a kid's movie, right? It's yeah. Ken in a film directed by Greta Gerwig with Margot Robbie in like the 21st, like in 2023. You know, it's like such an interesting take on Ken, and then also like Ken as a character has never like really been developed. It's like, it's like the complete opposite, it's like the 
kind of typical female character, but in male version, in the sense that he's always, he's never been like his own persona. He's just like Barbie's companion, right? So I think it's so interesting to take him. But I wanted to just like kind of pause and question, like kind of ask ourselves why he's like so loved and like why everyone is obsessed with him. I feel like what you said at the beginning, I don't know, like few actors are both beloved so much by like women and men. And I'm very, yeah. very like binary right now. <laughs> very like, yeah, sending all these two you know, sides of the film, like, public, but still, like, you know, there's some, some movie stars that are, that are loved by everyone, and Ryan Gosling is really, like, film bros are like, yeah, Ryan Gosling, he's, he's so cool, and I think, like, my theory, like, actually, I want to I wanna hear yours first, and then I'll tell you mine. <laughs> okay, I think, um, first of all, he has a face that's not, like, absolutely perfect, right? Like, it's not, like, old Hollywood stars, because still nowadays you'll see some stars like Ana de Armas, which is like, she's so fucking beautiful. And I think he has something more, mon not mundane, but like common. Like you could see him on the street, right? But at the same time, he has such depth. And for me, it's just like, it, he, he can play into very different energies because the fact that Crazy Stupid Love and like Drive came out, in the same like period of time as insane and i think it's those career choices because you're like targeting different audiences and for example queer people i think we're gonna like love barbie like most people already do so i think for example that's another audience that probably he hasn't tapped into but that yeah. will get to discover him in this iconic role so I think it's both the choices and the way he looks and his interviews. He seems like a very down-to-earth guy and no scandals. So I think in Hollywood that helps a lot because he's also, he, yeah, now that, you think, now that I think about it, he's also like married and has kids, yeah. you know, he's like a good man, like very kind of you know, appropriate to what society yeah. deems good and positive. But then he does, um, I don't know if you've seen this interview, it's a small insert, but I love that video of what's uh, your favorite word in Spanish? And he says, coño. <laughs> no, I did yeah, not I see think that. something like that because he's married to Eva Mendez. So yeah. I'm guessing he's picking up Spanish. But you know, that also, the like... He seems correct, but then he's kind of irreverent, like his character in Crazy Stupid Love. So yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I think also, um, I I found I find specifically the kind of male love towards Ryan Gosling interesting, um, and I think it's because he's like represented with his choices, like you said, so many like facets and versions of masculinity, mm -hmm. and he like ticks ticks the boxes. Like, for all of them, he's played, like, the anti-hero, the passionate romantic uh, that, like, doesn't take no for an answer. Which, by the way, I feel like now has aged a bit badly because yeah. he's got, like, a couple of scenes where he's always like, no. Like, someone says no, and he's like, yes, yes, I'm going to take you home. But, yeah, that's another thing. Um, then, like, also the womanizer, the stylish man, the artsy motorcycle rider, 
slash race car driver, the finance bro, the good man, like the cute, funny Sakura, like everything. He's done everything. Yeah, and I think that's also why directors love him because it's like, for me, Ryan Gosling is just the art of simplicity. He doesn't do full physical transformations, like mostly in like 90% of his movies, he's like blonde-ish. Um, yeah, except for the, well, yeah, the place beyond the the pines is like... Yeah, but yeah. like compared to the transformations that other Hollywood actors go into, he doesn't give the vibe of method. He just do does very simple, like I understand the narrative and I fit into the world really well and that's what i like about him is like you see a movie like drive and he understands like the neo-noir like thing of it the sci-fi and blade runner and then the romantic com like not comedy the romantic story of like the notebook um and i think that's why he's also beloved by the industry people is like yeah you just yeah. get it yeah I and i would say to add into that like his there's something about his face like the, his expression the simplicity and yet like complexity in his expressions are so mm -hmm. interesting to see and i think that's what makes him very specific is at the beginning he was very like the sweet romantic lead right mm -hmm. with the notebook and then with all the romantic dramas he does and then suddenly drive comes and he's the silent intimidating tough guy Um, and then he's, like, able to blend those two together so well. And, like, he suddenly became kind of cast-type, not in a bad way, but, like, either in that in that register, like, this very kind of sweet, romantic, uh, empathetic, passionate person and, like, intimidating, scary anti-hero. Um, and I don't know, I think... That's what makes him very, very attractive as an actor. And also, like, just to go back to his expression, I think it's interesting to and, and worth analyzing, like, how how he does it. I feel like when you see him act, and we were talking about this when we were seeing Blade Runner together, I feel like you have his, like, mouth acting. Yeah. <laughs> his, like, kind of, like, um, smirk that smirk that mm -hmm. changes and his like gaze acting his eyes i feel like there's two parts of his expression uh that keep complementing each other and that can be both like serene and troubled and also tender and threatening and it really depends on the context of the film and like where he is in that scene it's almost like that post of like patrick bateman like walking you have like different soundtracks yeah and you feel have you seen that have you seen yeah, that meme yeah i've seen it i feel like his face is that is that like tra yeah. like translation but in film that's very true i like that observation uh because yeah i think when you see like frame like side by side if you were to see like la la land and Uh, probably like let's say drive and some other film like his expression is not drastically different uh his physicality doesn't like is not constructed in a way to completely change the character um but i think it's just subtext man like 
there's always a thought like and the perfect example is drive because i think anyone else would have done that role and it would have been boring because i was thinking about the sentences he says in that film and there's like barely anything that is like outside of cars and whatever um still you understand everything the love he has for the character of carrie mulligan is so subtle but like so deep and to portray that without almost moving your face i think is very interesting and i think that's why he has the most like stoic energy out of actors in hollywood because most of them you know they have their scream match and their they do a lot of things and De Niro is very specific and like a lot of actors are very specific. I think he just like exists. He knows how to exist and he just gets those human beings. I don't know. For sure. For sure. Like, yeah, what you were saying in Drive, I always, I also noticed that the first time I saw it and the second time too, um, about how little dialogue there is. And he just has this very strong presence in front of the camera with just his body and his gaze it's just it says so much but i think like i think it's also good to think about him and how he like his characters in like the three films that we were kind of trying to compare like drive la la land and blade runner mm-hmm. um what do you think about this selection like did you get a chance to kind of compare the way he acts in these three movies because I feel like Drive and Blade Runner um, superficially seem like a a similar role because they're both like the anti-hero but um, even though Drive uh, even though Blade Runner is like just a dystopia and science fiction I see a much more humane like human Ryan Gosling in Blade Runner than Drive. I saw Drive again the other day and like I did not like it. You did I, not. I, I remember. I swear. I remember I liked it the first time, but I just thought it was so. I hate films where like they put a soundtrack to describe what you're supposed to be feeling, and this was so literate and it was so like Tumblr sunset vibes. I'm driving, you know, and the, the, and suddenly it's like action movie and I don't know I just thought he was so like so stereotypical and I, don't know, I did not like the film but we're not talking talking about the film I just think it's I know yeah tell me what you think about like his the yeah. way he interprets these different characters I think Drive first of all is the one that has like it's very specific to that era uh, the story wise and everything but yeah I think they it's it's different characters right because one in Blade Runner, he's a robot-ish, right? Trying, like, being human, becoming human, and having, like, troubles with his consciousness, and, like, is he real, and, you know, that. And I think Drive is kind of the opposite. It's, like, this human, psychotic guy that is in love, but in the most bizarre way, and just, you know? So I think the challenge is, like, the opposite but I do think I was thinking of his career and I was thinking as a director I think he's gotten his roles nowadays because of movies he did earlier I think as Denise Villeneuve you see the drive work and you're like okay this guy has the charisma 
to sustain a story like that. And seeing La La Land, I was like, he acts with Emma Stone and they already have such a connection in Crazy Stupid Love. And there's a lot of different characters. And it, and I was like, how did I not make the connection? Yeah. Yeah, no. And like, I think now that you say that in Blade Runner, because we've seen that earlier career, that like that earlier kind of down-to-earth, normal man career, um that makes like that has an influence on how we view the character in Blade Runner because we already know that he's capable of being this very human person maybe that really affects like the way we already go into the film and see this protagonist um but i don't know i feel like he's he's just like so so talented and that and that last scene in La La Land like i was cuz i've been watching like videos of kind of a uh, yeah. like seeing the kind of process of Ryan Gosling and his like presence in different films and out of all the films I've been watching I just can't get out of my I feel like the kind of expression that most represents him is this expression in the last scene in La La Land where he's like nostalgically looking at Emma Stone because I feel like oh, yeah. from all of his versions and registers i think his face is like naturally nostalgic like i feel that's mm -hmm. him like the way he's both contemplating and thinking and like remembering in a happy way but also in a sad way i feel like that really represents nostalgia and i think ryan gosling is nostalgia like his face is nostalgia <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah there's because nostalgia in a way is like a lot of thought he has a lot of depth in his eyes and that's what distinguishes him from other actors i think who could do those roles on paper uh and that's why he's so brilliant in la la land like that movie i think makes everyone cry like i i, I don't have anything bad to say about that movie like i genuinely just like enjoy it like a kid and i think um because you're watching these two people fall in love and it it, it seems so real um uh, yeah yeah no for sure and again like because he has done all of these f films before he can just like translate that um, yeah the very down to earth person i keep saying that but like yeah that very local close like human character to more like big budget productions or more kind of star like characters. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's that's why he's able to to transmit that. Um but yeah I wish we were like we had something to hate about. Because it was like literally just like loving him all the time. Do you think people even hate him? I it's what I said. I don't know like there's always people who are just gonna go ah I hate seeing his face right like I don't know I am that way with Bradley Cooper and Jared Leto oh. I don't like them I just don't Do like you know them. I saw I saw Beyond the Pines yesterday yeah didn't finish it and it's have you seen it no the place beyond the place beyond the pines it's so weird it has three acts and Ryan Gosling is only the first one yeah um and <sighs> Bradley Cooper is more of a protagonist than Ryan Gosling in that film. Did you know that? <laughs> like, I, like no one, literally, the place beyond the fires, the only thing you see is Ryan Gosling and Eva Mendes. And yeah. he's only there in like the first 20 minutes. 
Bradley Cooper is so bad. You hate him in this film. And I was I didn't realize I disliked him so much. And I feel like it's the contrast with Ryan Gosling. But for example, for me, those three actors on paper have the same like acting type, right? Like Jared Leto is a bit more eccentric, I think, and therefore it gets more eccentric roles. But the boy next door energy, like it's Bradley Cooper and Ryan Gosling in that age range, it's them, right? Uh, but there's just something that, like, Ryan Gosling makes me feel at home. <laughs> and I don't know why. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if this is such a general a general sentiment. Like, I'm basing this on my, on the people I talk to, but I just wonder if there's, like, people here into this being like, I hate this guy. <laughs> but I think that's why he couldn't play the ultimate villain, for example. Yeah. Like, he couldn't do Jared Leto's character in Blade Runner. I think that's where his, like all the good things we say about him have a counterpoint that he cannot go into like a pure villain like just no not an anti-hero because they become likable and we like feel represented in them uh but i think it's kind of like kate blanchett you know she she's also very loved i feel or emma thompson if we had to put some women in there i guess it's yeah i guess it's actors that make selective choices that make like careful choices that don't just go into whatever whatever film is offered and and i think and that also have a very kind of consistent career i feel like that also gains them a lot of respect and it was i was funny because i was looking into this um and there was this theory of this person just being like oh he's so famous because he was a meme (laughs) and i didn't realize this he was like a meme like of the hey girl kind of meme. Do you know which one it is? I like the meme know, apparently, but... but it was like the early meme era. And it was just him yeah. like in every single role where he plays like this very cool guy. Being like, hey girl, do you want to touch my sweater? And be my girlfriend. <laughs> and I was like, how can you underestimate him that way? Please don't simplify his talent. <laughs> but that's why I wanted to start with like explaining how his career happened. Because I think the general public has loved him for roles where he's more the seductive type, right? That's why nobody was surprised when he got the role of Ken, because we've seen him as the Don Juan type of guy, you know, the handsome one. Um, But I think independent film knows him as like this profound, like anti-hero, da-da-da thing. So, yeah... I think it was so interesting seeing all these films side by side, especially thinking of like mentally how intense it must be to go from crazy stupid love to drive to, you know, Idols of March or whatever. He's done so many films. And they're all so, and they're all so entertaining. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, it's kind of, that's the only negative. It's like, he's so successful. I'm like... Dude, he's so thank successful. Thank you for Gray Man, because otherwise it's like, what, am, I don't <laughs> what know. are you doing? Yeah, I was really enjoying like going through his movies. I was like, all of these movies have I've either seen them, have been in my watch list. This is great. So if you had to say peak Gosling performance, best Gosling performance, I'm not gonna say in film. Okay, you can yeah, you can base like yeah, of course you can say the film. But I was wondering maybe if you had like a scene in mind. 
I think for me it's La La Land. I think it's just a culmination of many characters he's done, right? The broody type, intellectual, da-da-da. I think Drive has some elements that we see in La La Land. And then you bring the notebook element, which is him falling in love. And, whew, it's just, I think, yeah, that bar scene, it's just like, it's so universal. It makes me, I, I'm like tearing up as I just think about it. Like, those eyes. Yeah, wow. I agree. But I would say that also, for me, like, the first time that Ryan Gosling really got into my radar was with Crazy Stupid Love. Like, I went to see that film to the cinema when I was younger. What was it, 2011? 2000, yeah, yeah, I was 11 years old, and I went to watch it with my mom. And I just couldn't, like, get him out of my head. <laughs> and I just, I, I, I thought he was so great. And... Now, speaking about this, like, of course, I didn't know who he was at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm just, like, thinking about it and seeing how, like, how much of a different character he was playing there. Like, he had been playing such serious yeah. roles and suddenly he was being this, like, Don Juan type of person. And I think he's so good in comedy. Like, that film, I feel like it's a good rom-com. It's so funny. His, like, chemistry. I was gonna say, like, everyone is outstanding in that movie. And the timing is brilliant. Uh, so I, I think also seeing dramatic actors in it, like Julian Moore and whatever, it was really fun rewatching that one. So yeah, he's also brilliant in comedy, which I didn't expect. Yeah, the nice guys. I I don't I don't really like that film. I don't think it's great like comedy, but he he plays this very like, yeah, uh, caricatural kind of seventies gangster, but clumsy one and it's also funny he's he's great at comedy too like and that's and that's difficult um but yeah i'm excited i'm excited to see like what he'll become like in the future like what kind of films he was gonna do. ask you uh as a final thing of like what area would you like him to explore or what would surprise you from like him you would go oh wow yeah um, I was trying to think about that because he's been in so many genres. Um, I don't know. I'm blanking. Uh, maybe horror. That would be interesting. Like I'm not particularly. I'm not. I'm not particularly excited to see him in horror. And it's not like I don't particularly see what things he could bring to the genre. But I think it'd be interesting as a challenge to see if he could pull it off. And I'm sure he could, because like, I feel like he touched upon that um, very intimidating, scary character when he becomes very violent in Drive. Um, but yeah, maybe horror. What about you? I would like to see a transformation, like biopic type of thing, you know? Like that's the only thing I think would crown him and the Hollywood type of great actor, because I think he's great actor for general public, for independent, but I think the niche is like, you know, the Oscar type of performance. Yeah. Know, the transformation. I know that's not his acting style, but I wonder, like, you know, an Elvis type of thing of like, to see if he could like transform, like go through a full transformation. Yeah. I don't necessarily love transformations. I don't think that makes like an amazing like actor an actor, but I but it's respectful. It's yeah. respectful. Yeah. Okay, so basically conclusion, guys, if you if you don't know what to watch, just go into Ryan Gosling filmography. 
And you will find loads of things. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and one last thing, if you have like any suggestions, uh, like my mother's option to have a swear jar for me, or you have like any other ideas. <laughs> Victoria Cerrada, watch your mouth. <laughs> yeah, basically, if you have any comments or anything, let us know. We'll set up an email probably for the next episode and probably some social media as well. But we would love to hear from you. Yes, we would love to hear from you. So also a voice note. Let's make this interactive. We're all working title lovers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah. Well, see you on the next episode. See you.